Greetings! <laughs> Howdy! <laughs> Howdy! Welcome to uh, episode 21 of Adventures in New Music, the podcast where we talk about a couple of albums. We do indeed. We've got mm. a couple of good albums coming up tonight, haven't we? We've got, um, let's bang it straight out there, Andy, our two albums. Mm. We've got, oh no, I don't know how to pronounce this one. How just, to pronounce mine? Just do it, man. Hallucinations and... and <laughs> Nailed it. Absolutely. What is it? Help us out, mate. Hallucinations. Do you think that's what it is? Hallucinations? Uh, hallucination. Anyway, it's by Sophie Hunger. <laughs> um, and we're also chatting about your Andy, which is... My Andy. <laughs> is that what I said? My, your Andy. <laughs> and we're also chatting about your album, Andy, which is... Self-Made Man by Larkin Poe. There you go. Excellent mm. stuff. But before we get to that, catch up time. Mm. How's our things? Yeah, they're all right. You know, same as usual. Not going same anywhere. Not doing anything. No, <laughs> you? no, I know. No, no, not really. We um, we had a little uh, little Sunday trip out. We went to that. Um, you know, the Anthony Gormleys, the the fellas on the beach oh, in yeah. Crosby. Went there on Sunday. That was nice. Totally good. How uh, many of them are there? Oh, there's. Blooming loads. Oh, uh, I think there's about 40, something like that. But they're, they're, they're quite well uh, dotted across the beach, you know. It, it's pretty impressive, actually. It's quite effective when you see it. Hey, tell you what, <clears throat> I, I got a bike at last and um, oh, hey. and went on a bike ride today. That's Brilliant. it. That's, that's How far? Four miles. Four miles. Two, two uphill, two downhill. You do live somewhere very hilly, don't you? Yeah, the uphills were hard. I stopped a couple of times. The chain came off once because it obviously needs a bit of, I don't know, adjusting. The Fleet, Fleetwood Mac <laughs> song. That's, that's rubbish. That's a that rubbish joke. Rubbish, that was rubbish. Uh, but I was quite relieved anyway. I just uh, I was like, oh, I have to take a breather while I fix this. Yeah. And I could put it down to the chain rather than being really unfit. But then coming downhill was brilliant. Took about a minute. Took about 40 minutes to get up it and then one minute to get down it. Like sledging. Nice. That's the thing. The payoff's not really... Uh, <laughs> not really good, it? <laughs> it was good fun. It just wasn't very long. Time-wise. Time yeah, wise well, short. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Got any, um, uh, got, any, got any TV recommendations? Do you know, funnily enough, I do have a couple of TV recommendations. We've not talked about... We've not talked about TV in a while, have we? Well, you were desperate to get them in last week, and the pod went on a bit long, didn't it? So you know, it was we did a bit the, long, uh, isn't it? Pragmatic thing and and binned them off. But let's hear them. Okay, 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 okay. Let me tell you what I've been watching on TV, shall I? So I have watched a fantastic wrestling documentary on Netflix called Beyond the Mat. <laughs> have you heard of it? No, no. I just never Very thought good. I'd hear the words fantastic wrestling documentary come out of your mouth oh it is good it is good it is good right. so basically it's, it's um this documentary came out in 1999 and i remember being at college and going oh i do fancy watching that anyway 20 years later 21 <laughs> years later i have watched it and it's good it is good it was worth the wait it basically some guy just follows um all the wrestlers around wwf at the time it was just follows them around for a year um, but it's it's very uh, it, it's very sort of intriguing just to watch them all backstage because you've got the, you've got Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock, um, before he was huge uh, movie star like he is now, and it, just to see them all backstage like there's one bit in particular you've got Mick Foley who played a character called Mankind, you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, and they're all just stood backstage and they're going ah oh, what, what sort of week have you had yeah not bad mate not bad kids are coming down tonight actually and I introduced the kids oh that's lovely maybe we could go out afterwards 
10 minutes later, they're battering each other in the <laughs> ring. Absolutely paggering each other. And there's another bit like The Rock's doing. You know how they used to do those talk to cameras and The Rock's going, and if that, whatever, like he's having a go at somebody. And, and the person he's having a go at on camera is like just sat having a fag the other side at camera. It's, it's so good. Oh, I can't it's really see it's really entertaining and it's proper 90s, all like the cutaways and all the edits Brilliant. and everything are so 90s. So, yeah, uh, that that's good. I watched a film uh, called Get Juked. Mm-hmm. This is good. So this is um, this is four lads who go to the Highlands of Scotland to do uh, their Duke of Edinburgh Awards. Oh, cool. And they basically end up getting hunted down <laughs> by loads of locals, including Eddie Izzard, who pops up <laughs> as the Duke. Um it's a right laugh, but I I came across that because um, Run the Jewels had done the soundtrack. Oh, cool! And the person who produced the film also produced one of their videos, and the the four stars from this film are in the video. So that's sort of how I came across it, and it's it's funny. It is funny. We stuck it on like on a Saturday night. And we're like, I'll just stick something on that we don't have to think about, and it is thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> uh, and the third thing that I've been watching at the minute is um, that series called Ratchet which is all about oh, Nurse yeah. Ratchet mm-hmm. from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, I saw um, a little bit of that on Gogglebox where she's hammering a chisel into someone's eye. Oh, doing the old lobotomy. Mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Oh, okay. It's, um, I think, to be honest, like the majority of stuff that I seem to watch on Netflix and Amazon, it's all like, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it, there's not often that I'm blown away by something. Well, Adventures in New Music, come here for your lukewarm TV yeah. reviews. Absolutely. You've been listening Absolutely. to anything? Um, yeah, so the uh, Future Islands album came out a weekend, As Long As You Are, it's called. Hmm. Um, that's very good. That's very good. I, oh. I quite like Future Islands. That, they had an album called Singles, um, which I, I, I really liked, which had the, the big hit on. Um, and we also mentioned going back, probably about 10 episodes going back, they released the first single off this one called For Sure. Um, mm. which was like a sort of classic Future Island sound. The album's a little bit sort of a bit more up and down. It's got its sort of um, uh, lower sort of ballady moments to it. It's, it's nice. It's a really nice album. It's really good. I, I'd, I'd recommend giving it a listen. Okay. Well, I, I enjoyed do. it. Enjoyed it very much. How about you? Have you listened to Out? Uh, I've only really, uh, the only new thing I've listened to is a new album by Brothers Osborne um called skeletons they're a uh, a country band really quite a kind of i don't know kind of rocking kind of cool really really bassy vocals uh good guitar good time kind of band um you'd hate it um <laughs> but it's uh it, it's it's good stuff i've been listening i always put on a bit of music before i go to bed uh at night and you know well when i'm in bed before i go to sleep at night and um Last three nights, I've put on the same album, which I hadn't listened to for years, but uh, Poses by Rufus Wainwright. Were you ever a, a Rufus Wainwright fan? Mm, I, I, I don't mind Rufus Wainwright, but I'm not, I don't think I've got an album of his. I don't know an album from start to finish, certainly. I love that album. I don't know how I got into it from start to finish, uh, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an album that I had, you know, heard a track off and fancied it. It was just... I, it came into my possession somehow and I just listened to it all the way through and it became one of those albums a bit like, I don't know, Plans by Death Cab for Cutie where you're like, I'm going to have a go at this and then you just end yeah. up loving it and, and putting it on a lot. And oh, It's a great album. I recommend that. I know it's old music, but uh, have, have yourself an adventure, Chris. Cool. 
Oh, we'll mm. do that. Hey, I'll tell you what I saw the other day, actually. I don't know if you caught this. Um, Fiona Apple's done a, a live recording on YouTube performing songs from her latest album for the first time. Oh, that's, that's cool. Uh, that's very good. That's very good. Oh, look She's, at that. Um, yeah, yeah. I enjoy that I've album. Not, do you know what? I've only given it one listen, and I did enjoy it at the time, but I've not gone back to it. and I do need to revisit it. Um, but seeing the songs live, um, it's just so impressive. There's only three of them playing. Really? She's like piano and singing. I always find it incredible how intricate her piano parts are mm. and she's able to sing at the same time. Mm. I think it's such a skill. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I find that a lot with, with piano players who can sing, to be honest. Yeah. Someone yeah. like Ben Folds or Regina Spector. Or, yeah, Who yeah. may come up in our review a little bit later of old um, Sophie, what's her name? Hunger. Um, yeah, I, I find that a really impressive skill. I don't know. Playing instruments is, is very it? cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, so first up this week, it's your album, Chris. What you got? So I have got, and I'm just going to run with the pronunciation, I have got hallucination. Uh, <sighs> it's a hard one. <laughs> it is a hard one, isn't it? I think you Hall- just say hallucination and then... Um, hallucination and Sophie Hunger. Hallucination by Sophie Hunger. So this one was recommended to me by um, good friend Adam uh, Darwin. Mm-hmm. Now, Adam previously has recommended the uh, Waxahachie album, so we know he's got good form, <laughs> or he did have going into this. <laughs> I say he's got good form. He's, he's recommended me a couple of them which ain't got in. <laughs> ain't got oh, in is the he? Podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is the seventh studio album from Swiss singer-songwriter Sophie Hunger, which um, at three years my junior makes me feel extremely <laughs> under-accomplished. <laughs> Um, she's quite relatively unknown in the UK, but she's hugely popular in Switzerland. Her last six records have either scored number one or number two in the charts. Sophie Hunger is the daughter of a diplomat and growing up lived in a whole host of different cities around Europe, which has clearly contributed the, to the impressive list of languages on display in her music. The tracks are sung in English, German, Swiss German and French. This album, quite impressively was recorded under a self-imposed two-day period at Abbey Road. Whoa, okay. And was written in only two weeks. Largely recorded as live takes as well. But Andy, let me ask you this. (laughs) Does hallucination leave you hungry for more of Sophie's music, or does it leave you wanting to fill up on a dirty donna kebab while walking home in the cold and dark? (laughs) Uh, actually, both sound quite appealing. I haven't had a donut kebab in ages. No, um, I haven't actually. I, although I don't think I would when faced with one. I don't think I'd eat it. Would um, you eat a donut kebab sober? Uh, um, you can get some really nice ones, can't you? Like where where it's proper. I'm not talking about the nice ones. Okay, no. I'm not talking about the nice sort of like when you go to Europe mm. and you get a nice sort of Turkish kebab, and mm. you know, you're talking about the elephant's foot. We know what we're talking about. Yeah, okay. No, I wouldn't eat that. All right, um, so let's go with option one then. I uh, 
what was it? I'm hungry for more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I'm hungry for what I, what I've got, and I probably will check out some more because I was thoroughly impressed uh, by this album, and knowing that it was written and recorded in such a short time frame kind of makes it seem. I don't know. I want to listen back to it again and go, what? Like yeah. just 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 get that context in there as well, which is which is always quite fun. Um, I think it's great. I love the way it uh, it begins with liquid air. It just kind of kind of barrels in with that beat, and then all of a sudden, great riff, great groove. Um, I think that liquid air, funnily mm. enough, um, I think it really sets up the album. It really oh, yeah. it, it sort of it Completely. shows you what 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 you're in for. It's like you said. That track, Liquid Air, has got so much going on, and mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a showcase for how impressive the production is on the album because yeah. of how much is going on. I mean, it's got... Um, there's all, if you listen to it, especially... I don't know I always bang on about listening to stuff on headphones, but if you listen to this on headphones, right, you've got all sorts of, like, weird, eerie screeches going on in the background. I looked... I actually looked up what some of the stuff was, some of the stuff that was going on. You've got spinning bicycle wheels oh, right. going on. Um, there's, there's, um, there's some back masking... Do you know What's what I mean that? by backmasking? No, that's when you, when you record something backwards. You know, oh, the famous okay. ones like right, the Beatles right. did. But it's it's. I read I that and I was so like, good. oh, I didn't notice that. And then when you listen to it, it's one of those things that you can't unnotice when you no, hear it. Cool. And it's really quite eerie. Really quite eerie. Well, I did hear it. a lot of kind of um, tripped out vocals deep in the mix and things like that. So well, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. The key change going into the chorus. Well, it goes from minus to major. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't count as a key change, I suppose. No, it? It, but it's, it's uh, incredibly emotive, though, isn't it? The way yeah, it, it throws it. me every time. Yeah, like I can't. Yeah. I, I tried to play along because it was in B. It's in B flat minor, and and everything works, and it moves to to B flat major, and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I, don't, I can't, I can't make it work in my head at all. It's not. It's it's fantastic, but it just throws me every time. I couldn't, I could never sing this. It, no, it really plays with your emotions. That that change going from minor to major, because you, you really feel that sort of the way it starts. Like you say, it's got a real sort of particular feel to it, and then it's it's almost like without sounding too corny, goes into the chorus. It's like out comes the sun and the, the clouds go away. Do you know what I mean? As as it sort of hits the hits the major. Are the those major the uh, the emotions it played with for you? Yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. Well, it's. It does something else as well in it where uh, all the way through the beat is like the, the snare's coming on the off beat. It's like and then you yeah. get to like two minutes 40 and the snare goes on the on beat and the whole track settles. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really quite strange. It, it just yeah. all sort of settles. And then you've got this little outro bit. The first, yeah, I love first, that time, bit. first time I heard this song, I kept knocking it back 45 seconds just to listen to the outro. Mm. In particular... It, she finishes the line. Um, uh, I can uh, on li- live your life in taverns on English liquid air. I can live any place, but I can't live there. Yeah, and, and it's the way she said the the note that she picks to say there. You just don't see it coming. The melody note. It, it's just so I can't really describe it. But it's the first time I hear it. It's like oh hello. That's that's something a little bit different. That. It's really, really nice song, really nice note selection. Yeah, I, I put note choices throughout this whole song. Actually, it was, it was yeah. some really some directions I would not have imagined. This for me uh, is a hugely, hugely impressive album from mm. a hugely impressive lady. 
I, I just think looking at the back catalogue, looking at what she's done, mm-hmm. um, she she played Glastonbury in, in 2010, and she became the, in doing so became the first Swiss artist to play Glastonbury, which I find incredible. In 2010, that was the first time Swiss artist played. But you know, anyway, in 2016, she wrote the soundtrack to a film called My Life, My Life as a Zucchini, or My Life as a Courgette, as it's known over here. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. It's fantastic. It? It's it's an animated film. Um, it's it's brilliant. It's it's heartbreakingly brilliant. It's um, it's like a short film that separate to this album. Check that out. I've, okay. I absolutely fell in love with that film when I saw it when it came out. Didn't know it was her at all until the other day when I started doing a bit of research for this. Um, the, incidentally, the music in that is brilliant. Um, the fact she wrote this album in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just absolutely. It's nothing short of remarkable. The mm-hmm. the the artist output to do that in two weeks and then record it in two days. Um, and also, how do you feel about this? So in 2015, on her album Supermoon, she had as a guest vocalist none other than Mr. Eric Cantona. <laughs> and before you answer that, I checked out this song and it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> does Eric Cantona do a good job? He does do a good job. Does he? I've uh, always, he... I always liked him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's cool. Um, but I, I really, really did enjoy this album. Really, it stylistically and sort of musical comparisons reminded me of a few stuff that we listened to already this year or last year. Uh, Anna Meredith being oh, yeah. one. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious example, as I don't want to sound lazy, but uh, Clopel. Oh, that is lazy. Yeah, I know. That I is know. lazy. I wrote I that down know. too. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. But uh, see. <clears throat> Clopelgag, I feel, is turning to our go-to for a comparison when something's a bit more sort of in-depth orchestral, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. but um, some of the albums that I've enjoyed the most this year, Clopelgag one keeps coming up. We keep talking about that. This one as well is going to be up there as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's um, just, it's very, like texturally, it's very, it's very layered. It's very... In depth, it's, going it, on. yeah, it's very yeah. warm. Um, again, like I said last week about Seb Deliza, I'm getting a little bit of Porter's Ed from this as well. I don't know if it's oh, the, yeah. sort of the style no, of a voice. I, I got that, yeah. I think also Seb Deliza, um, yeah, which I think works really well. There's a song on this album, uh, Maria Magdalena, which is a sort of very haunting track, yeah. track eight, and it, I found that a really that really kind of hit the Seb Deliza uh, vein. And I thought that was quite cool. And and it was a sort of the parallel I drew was with the Persian mythology of um of Sevdaliza's album and the Christian mythology of calling a track after a Bible character. And I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's because they did coin the same sort of sound. But I did feel um there's a couple of times in this I mentioned Regina Spectre on the intro. Um and track six, Rote Beaten Arson, and track 10, Stranger, are kind mm. of piano-led, really yeah. beautiful, delicate yeah. piano-led tracks. One in German or Swiss German and one in English. And um, oh, they just absolutely nailed the Regina Spectre kind of sound. Were you ever into Regina Spectre? I like, is it called Far, the album? Yeah. Is it yeah. Far? Yeah, I, like, I really like that one. Um, but apart from that, I don't know. Oh, she's um, got, she's got to be one of my favourite songwriters of all time. Genuinely. What's the song? What's the song that's some, it's got the word machine in? Uh, I think it's called Machine. 
Yeah, well, I like that one. Very yeah. much like that one. That I, I, I remember hearing really that for the first time. and that, That's one of them songs that you just have on repeat for ages. Yeah. Oh, she's brilliant. She's good. She's really good live. She's she's quirky in the same way as Sophie Hunger is quirky. She doesn't she doesn't follow a path that you think she's going to follow. She can yeah. do the beautiful stuff and then just take you down a completely different route. And you you know there's a there's a key change or a shift from major to minor that yeah. that throws you. But but vocally as well, the the break in the voice is in a really similar place and the falsetto. Yeah comes at a really nice point and sounds really airy and, and, and full um, at the same time, which is really cool. It, funnily enough, you picked up on that Maria Magdalena. That, mm. for me, when I listened to it, reminded me a little bit of um, Lanterns on the Lake, which in turn reminded me of Dark, Dark, Dark when we reviewed that. But listening to it, if you remember, neither of us were a huge fan of that Lanterns on the Lake album. And I, I just listened to, um, listened to this... Uh, Maria Magdalene and it's like yeah that's how you do it yeah, yeah. that's how you do a song like that that's how you deliver it yeah I, 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 I probably wouldn't have made that comparison myself just because I think this is a sort of different uh, I don't know it too harsh but it's a diff- different level this is this is uh, oh completely completely really yeah great great album yeah. what do you think to this I, I, I heard Radiohead influences and stylings all the way through this album well, not being as big into Radiohead as you. I don't oh, know, here we go. I don't here we go. Like, qualified well, I... to say, I, I, I didn't, I didn't get that. Did you but not? It's not. It's not to say it's not there. There was stuff like even even in track one, even in Liquid Air. Show like, you show your workings out. So it, you know, it's it's a dark pop song. It's 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 piano led. It's shifting around melodically, uh, and and there's a real depth to the production. It felt like in Rainbow's era, Radiohead a lot of the time. I thought. Oh, okay. Um, which is an era I know you know about. Yeah. But track three, hallucin- hallucinized. I oh, see, man, it's hard. It's tough. Hallucination. It? Um, it's pretty crackers, isn't it? It's a very glitchy, great yeah. rhythm track. And I found that a lot of the kind of rhythm tracks on this, um, not necessarily the drum tracks, but like the rhythm tracks, the drum machine, whatever's going on, beat Frantic. Absolutely frantic. frantic. I suppose that's where the Anna Meredith um, comparison yeah. comes in. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really cool. Also, it's... The, the drums are so percussive, but the, there's a couple of times in it, it's like, it almost sounds like there's typewriters and stuff going off. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's like yeah, all sorts of stuff that's percussive. So I'm not surprised to hear those spinning bicycle wheels, but that track, uh, it, it just, again, um, she plays with the keys or the major and minor thing in the chorus, but I love the way it's really stop, start, and it's really abrupt. And she sings that one in German or, or Swiss German, and it kind of really lends itself to that like I've not really heard German sung in this way before no it's it's quite abrupt and quite harsh Um, but it just absolutely works with the song which I found really fascinating what what do you think about the um, we've listened to albums like non-English language albums before this is a mix yeah this is a mix of English and non-English language What, what, what do you think about that well I think it makes me wilt in terms of my lack of understanding of other languages and it makes you feel like it makes me feel like an idiot Chris if I'm honest one of the biggest regrets of my life was I didn't take any languages at school ah yeah man I I enjoyed I did French and German I enjoyed them both at GCSE and I still trot out my pidgin French and my pidgin German and I I would love to learn more about them and and do a bit more Um, and I think I will probably because every time I go 
to either one of those countries. I'm desperate to try it out. I mean, the unfortunate thing is they hear it and, and talk straight back to you in English because they're so much better. Or, or yeah, it's quite know, embarrassing. Or, it is embarrassing, and you feel like an oaf. But I really, I really <laughs> want to try. I, th- I thought it was a fantastic thing to do, and I love the idea that actually she has at her disposal these three or four languages. Yeah, and can choose which one helps her express herself best. Absolutely. And I think I just find that amazing. The flow of the album, so it starts with Liquid Air, which is in English, and then you've got the next track two and track three, which aren't in English, mm. and then track four, Bad Medication, comes in. And it's almost like the first couple of lines, it takes you a little while to get your ears yeah, tuned yeah. in for it being back in English. Completely. It's, it's, quite, it's quite strange. Lyrically, this album is, is superb, mm. like, and, and I'm only really going off the English-speaking uh, English um, yeah. tracks. Let me just read three of my favourite lyrics out to you, um, mm. and I'm going to absolutely not do it any justice whatsoever in my... Um, mm northern blooming chimney sweep accent here but <laughs> let me just read it out anyway so the opening the, this is her opening gambit this is the opening line on the album from the track track one liquid air i'm so good at giving you don't need to take which i just think is fantastic what mm-hmm. a great line um this from everything is good which we do need to talk about in a minute the song i ran to the olympics i showed the finish line i came last <laughs> which i love um, and the the other one which which really caught my ear was um, in Security Check, the song uh-huh. Security Check. Cried in the cab through Security Check. Put your toothpaste and my shoes in a separate box. Little do they know about the monkeys in my head. I love that lyric. So that's, good. That's so my favourite track, Security Check. Is uh, it? I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I've got a list of I've over. got a list of three standout tracks, and that is on it. Yeah. What What are the others? So um, Alpha Venom. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm the one Which, who makes the music. Very dancey. I'm the one, one who. I'm well. There's um. There's a few. Have you seen any videos of her playing performing? No. So there's there's three tracks on YouTube, three live tracks on YouTube of her doing uh, like a home session thing. She plays this one, Alpha Venom, and she's almost she's probably describe it as like a sort of like a library or a study that she's in. Hmm. And um, she's got a guy playing keys, a guy on the drums, and then she's like stood on a ledge above them playing guitar and singing. And it is almost twice as fast. The tempo is almost twice as fast as on the album. It's again, I keep going back to that word, but it's so frantic. It's like just so super fast, raw. It's really on the edge. Um, it's a really good live performance. It made it made me think I would totally go and see this live. Oh, cool. Totally would go and see this live. Yeah, I would. Um, she strikes me as somebody who you'd you'd think you know the album and you go and see it live, and she'd do different versions of all the songs. So, what's your what's your third one then after uh, Alpha Venom? And so Alpha and Security Check, we've talked about um, everything is good. (laughs) It's just, so this comes about halfway through the album, track Mm -hmm. seven, everything is good. And I was listening to it today, driving. I was just having a listen to the album um, and I'd made my notes and everything. So at this point, I'm purely listening to it for enjoyment. I don't, Mm. I've not got any more notes to make. And this song just came on, track seven, everything is good. And got to the chorus, I was like, you know what? Everything is good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just one of them songs. It just makes it. It's a one hundred percent pure feel good romp of a song. Isn't it? Yeah, it, ju- it just makes you go. 
everything, yeah, everything is good. It, almost to the point where it could have been used in, in the Lego film, could it, you know, they got everything is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like that sort of thing. Well, it is a bit, and it, it kind of conjures up all these images of, of uh, I don't know, life going on and being a little bit of a mess. Or, uh, I, I don't know, sort of uh, scrappy, student-y almost life. And yeah. um, it's so upbeat. It deserves to be a sort of anthem for, you know, not quite slackers, but, you know, for, for people just making their way through imperfectly. And, and I, I think it's great. It's a proper Europop song, I feel. Yeah. It could totally have been the soundtrack to Eurotrash <laughs> or, or something like that. But it's, um, I, th- I think that's a great song. I feel like that is probably one of the, yeah, definitely a standout. And I can see that track appealing to a lot of people as well. Are we going, kind of... going for that for the playlist? Well, it's up to you, really. I mean, I think Security Check stands out as, as one of my favourites in huge part because, again, it sounds, it's you know, the depth of it sounds very radio-heady, but the lyrics are absolutely killer. Liquid Air and Security Check for lyrics absolutely blow my mind. Liquid Air, as you've already said, is a great showcase of the album, the depth of the production on it, the interesting things going on tonally i think we've got this we've got this and we've had this with a couple of albums do we go for what could potentially be the best poppy mainstream Mm -hmm. one or do we go for something which is a true reflection of the album that's the thing isn't it what's the true reflection of the album though because it shifts around a lot because you take stranger and you take uh, maria magdalena or you take uh wrote beetlehouse arson which are vocal and piano it's an album that it does a proper album's job. It goes up and down. It takes you on a journey and, and like high point, low point, high point, low point, mm. and, and messes you around a bit. I think it's great. Uh, so I can't call it, man. It's you. What's going on the playlist? Well, before we started recording, I was convinced it was going to be everything is good, and then I feel like you sort of turned my head a little bit there. Hmm. I'm going to stick my guns. Everything is good's going on, just because it's such a good song. Such a good song. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Don't be pulling them faces. Don't be pulling them faces. So that was Sophie Hunger and Hallucination. Um, (laughs) She sings Don't Forget Who Makes the Music. And um, I definitely will not be forgetting this album in a hurry. (laughs) Dreadful. So we're halfway through episode 21 of Adventures in New Music and we thought we'd just pop up just to say don't forget to check out the playlist on www.adventuresinnewmusic.com or head to Apple or Spotify and just pop in Adventures in New Music into the search and look for our playlist. Oh, that was loud. Andy. Mm, What? Over to you. Oh, yeah. So this week I've picked us uh, Self Made Man by Larkin Poe. Here's a little bit about Larkin Poe then. Larkin Poe are uh, a band based around two sisters, Rebecca and Megan Lovell. They started out in 2010 with their first album, Kin, K 
K-I-N, as in family, drop-in in 2014. Originally, they had been in a band called the Lovell Sisters from 2005 to 2009 with their other sister, Jessica. And Jessica left. And after that, they, they kind of um, put themselves together as... Um, Larkin Poe, which is the name of their grandfather, who was a distant relative of Edgar Allan Poe, which is a, I don't know, a pretty cool um, thing to have in your family. Anyway, uh, the sound as the Lovell Sisters was a bit kind of bluegrassy, a bit country, um, but with a little bit of blues thrown in. And the sound within um, Larkin Poe is a much heavier, much rockier sound, owing a lot to southern rock and blues, way more than anything else. Now, I I, uh, I recommended a fairly southern rock, bluesy, slide guitar band uh, during Adventures in New Music 2019 called Tedeschi Trucks Band. And I know uh, it didn't sit that great with you, Chris. But anyway, I thought, you know, Chris is, Chris is an open-minded... Guy's a good guy. So, Chris, can I ask you this? Are you an open-minded good guy or a narrow-minded bad guy? <laughs> well, now. Well, now then. <laughs> um, I was quite interested when I read a little <clears throat> bit about uh, Larkin Poe because uh, the first thing that I read is it said that they, um, they could be described as sisters to the Allman Brothers. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, I like the Elmer Brothers. Quite, uh, <laughs> quite interesting. I quite like their, um, their, their, obviously their, their biggest hit, the uh, Top Gear theme tune. Um, <laughs> is it Jessica? Is it called Jessica? It's a, it's a name. I think yeah, it is Jessica. Yeah, that's a such a good song. Such a good song. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, let me tell you a little bit about this album. Um, first of all. Uh, I'm going to stick me uh, stick me opinion to the mast. I I do have a little bit of an issue with this album. Um, <laughs> so we're going narrow-minded bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let me let me just get my point across here. Right, <laughs> the majority of this album I would enjoy if I just heard that one single track. I think when I, what I've got an issue with is is the collection of tracks together that I'm struggling with. It's it, you know not not being a style that I know that much about or I'm that into, I struggle to listen to, um, you know, 35 minutes of an album um, by that. That's not to say it hasn't got its nice moments. There are a lot of nice moments Mm -hmm. in it and there are a lot of stuff that I do enjoy. But like I say, it's just quite a lot. I mean, I'm going down the song list in here and if I just heard one of those songs on their own in a playlist and when we pick one of these songs for the playlist or when you pick one of these songs for the playlist, should should I... should I say, when I'm listening to the playlist and one comes on, I know I will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I just struggle with listening to a full collection of these tunes. Listen, listen, you're all right. You're okay, you're okay man. So, so <laughs> the <you>. first, <laughs> the first track I heard was "Self Made Man," which is, uh, or, or "She's a Self Made Man," which is track yeah. one, and it kicks off with the buzz of an amp, and then it rocks in with a pretty bombastic riff. And the vocals sort of equal it. They're at, at that kind of level. They're at kind of nine on the scale. They're, they're right up there. It's almost a little bit Jack White. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's very riff-led and it's very it's very punchy. Um, it's very cool. And, and track two, 
opens with an amp buzz and a kind of tremolo on the guitar, but a bit of big rocking riff. It's and a then, wicked riff, that. It's it a, is a really good riff. riff. Yeah. But again, the vocals are right up there. So I know what you mean. There's there's not a lot of let up. The vocals are really, re- for me, the vocals never really change throughout the album. There's a couple of points where they drop. So I know what you mean about about hearing it all at once. So when I I used to I used to host um, uh, the country music show on Hebden Radio here in Hebden Bridge, which I'm sure you all know and we're all big fans of and, and listen to regularly. And it was terribly sad when that stopped. But uh, a lot of the time what I'd do is I'd look through the listings and uh, would find something new and I'd hear, you know, a track off it and be like, boom, I'm putting that on the radio show this week because that's great. I might never get to listen to the whole album because I was trying to get through so much music and, 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 and you know, add stuff to the playlist for, for a couple of hours show every week. So, you know, I, I wouldn't have time to listen to every album that I came across. But this is exactly one of those albums where I'd hear a track like She's a Self-Made Man and be like, wow, that's going on the playlist. I'll get around to that album yeah. later. But then, like you say, I could have chosen any song off this album almost and been like, this this is really this is a really good track. I'll bang that on, you know. Easy yeah. Street track 11 is probably the most kind of happy, clappy, country-styled song. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, Chris is out. But it's, it's I mean, it's really cool. It's got this... It's, a lot of nods to traditional country like it's got this really Waylon Jennings style phase on the guitar and you know very traditional that that necessarily doesn't I mean that Easy Street I quite like the song it's what I don't like about it is I'm like oh here we go and claps are back again (laughs) finish the album why not bang them on for the fourth time why not you know and and, and this is coming from Mr. Anclap over here I love a handclap you do don't you Um, I think the thing that turns me off a little bit about this album as well is it feels so overproduced mm. it's I don't know I mean it's that whole sort of poppy sound that turns me off this style of music it, it's it's the way it's so it just feels like so heavily produced I'd much rather listen to something like Waxahachie that's mm-hmm. just feels raw and and earthy do you know what I mean I do know what you mean production wise yeah. production wise I know they're not stylistically the same yeah um but it's just like it's like so going back to the first two songs, she's a self-made man and and Holy Ghost Fire. Mm-hmm. Both of them I think are really, really strong songs. Mm-hmm. Really strong songs. Um they've got some real nice moments in them. Both riftastic, and I, I really like that sort of interplay with the guitar playing over the melody and, mm-hmm. and you know, and like you say, the, the sort of up, really up there in the mix as well. Then you get onto track three, keep keep digging. I just find it pretty irritating. It's <laughs> yeah. It's just got. It's like you've got them. Them hi hats are so high in the mix. It's like playing sixteens in. Oh, and it's just like quite an unadventurous guitar part. It's a proper Generic pop song. Claps. It just just don't go anywhere for three minutes. That's the thing. No. It just doesn't go anywhere. No, you know what? I, I have to agree a little bit. It's it's a pop tune. It's a pop tune, and they they've they've tried to orchestrate it like a pop record, and it's uh, I. I think this album would have really benefited from a, a bit more earthiness, a bit looser, hundred percent looser playing, a little bit more. I don't know, bleed on the guitar to the to the 
to the to the mics yes. and a little bit bleed from the cymbals to the guitars you know just just something like that because even those little buzzy moments i like mm. them but it's like mm, i don't know it just feels does like it feel fabricated bland. okay yeah okay. yeah 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 well now yeah. you say that but then you know i was i i, I feel like in in that sense i was like oh this is an earthy earthy kind of southern rock album it's got a, a nod of country i mean i found it looking through the blues listings and was like yeah this is this is good actually and so, you know, it opens with amp buzz and I'm like, yeah, all right, this is earthy enough. But I agree, there's a hell of a lot of sheen on this album, um, which probably does detract from how cool it would be live. I'd love to see it live. Yeah, but like, okay, so let's let's go with the drums, like the production on the drums. First of all, it's got the deepest sounding snare drum I think I've ever heard, <laughs> which actually sounds quite cool. I quite like it. But when I'm listening to like the albums that I love, the albums that I, and the albums that we've listened to this year, which I really really enjoy, um, I'm thinking things like Trace Mountain, Second Grade, or you know all those sort of the the way they've been produced. When you hear the drum kit, when you hear the drummer hit the tom, you can hear the snare rattling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, the drums sound yeah. alive. On this, it sounds like every single part of the drums has been sounded separate Ooh, okay. and, and put together. Um, you know, And that's that might be the production that they're going for. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's just I like, it, I like something to feel mm-hmm. authentic. Yeah, yeah. And I don't feel like, <clears throat> you know, I don't feel like when I'm listening to this, I don't think these are four people in the room playing together. Oh, that's interesting. Do you, do you not get that? I do and I don't. I'm, some of the guitar work on this is fantastic. So they play they play a hell of a lot of slide guitar, which I feel like yeah. is, is the star on the album. Slide is a very, very imprecise way of playing guitar in a lot of ways. So to be any good at it at all, you have to be awesome. And I think they play fantastic slide guitar on this album. Um, you know, you've you got to remember when you're playing slide guitar, you're sliding over loads of incorrect notes to get to the right one. Yeah. And so it, for for me, that covered a lot of the rawness because I could hear what they were doing. I knew what they were doing. And it was like, wow, they've nailed this. There's also a lot of Dobro in there, which is like the resonator guitar with the F-holes. And, right, and right. when you hear that played and, and it sounds really sounds good it just it just really adds something to album like danger angel track nine that starts with the dog dog bro kind of folky bluegrassy rootsy hypnotic bluesy riff and i just thought that was great and i really enjoyed the production on that track it's probably a little bit less uh rocking than a lot of the others especially the first two or three so maybe that was something to do with it which one was that song? track nine danger angel oh, okay but um, I thought that my favourite track I'm putting that out there fairly early track 7 Every Bird That Flies is 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 like the darkest song on the album do you know I like that one I, I the thing that I really liked about that is I just feel like it does something different it's a bit of a nice change mm-hmm. there's a really cool marching snare bit mm-hmm. in it as yeah. well um, and also the chorus now this this one Every Bird That Flies and then track 11 Easy Street um, they remind me of the, like almost like very traditional songs, yeah. aren't they? Almost like I wondered whether they could be covers. They could be traditional songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like the sort of um, not chanting, but you know, like the the the, the chorus is every bird that flies, yeah. which is sort of repeated, and then you've got the same sort of thing in Easy Street as well. It, it just sounds like you'd sort of your very old traditional yeah sort of blues. I, blues I song. think they've they've kind of coined them to do that, but you know, a, a lot of the modern country country blues southern rock artists seem to do that they they try and write a classic or well, not try and write a classic they just they just 
they covered a tradition by doing the same thing. But apparently yeah. every bird that flies was inspired by watching a lot of Peaky Blinders and listening to PJ Harvey. Oh, really? Which I thought was pretty cool because it's definitely the darkest uh, track on the album. It's a real yeah. gear shift. It's it's one of the first times you really let that voice kick down a gear or two. Because I think the voice is amazing. It's just it's always right up there. And it could do, you know, backing off a little bit or, or, or just, yeah. you know, drop drop a couple of steps on the guitar and you wouldn't have to sing at full pelt the whole time. Um, yeah. And I think they do that on every bird that flies. But I agree, the darker moments of this album are definitely the best moments. Mm-hmm. The bits that I enjoyed, like I, I thought the, the, the two songs that I've got down as the standout tracks was Every Bird That Flies and track four, uh, Back Down South. Okay, that's a cool one. Yeah, it's very gospel, though. It, yeah, it just does something a little bit more. It's got a really nice pre-chorus section in that. It just does, you know, it's just something a little bit, little bit different, like I say. Um, so it's I don't know the thing with the album it's like the first two tracks I'm like okay a little bit samey but very strong then track three I'm like no I'm just not into that <laughs> track track four again it sort of got oh hello yeah. yeah then track five I mean flipping out it, it could be that I mean that could be Shania Twain I was waiting for the old oh oh oh, oh coming in do you know what I mean yeah apparently that was inspired by a trip to Graceland and uh, that was um, flipping inspired by man I feel like a woman by Shania Twain <laughs> Well, interestingly, it was also inspired by a visit to church while in Graceland and one of them ruminating on Elvis's life versus a normal life and all these lives mixing together in a church setting, say, and, and being so close to someone who was almost, you know, godlike Elvis and, and just yeah. being a normal person. But interestingly, uh, the point you make about um, them being kind of traditional songs and wondering if they were covers, God Moves on the Water is is not a cover exactly. But it's building on um, uh, a, a track called "God Moves on the Water" by Blind Willie Johnson, who is an old blues man, and right. um, his his version of the track just covers the 1912 Titanic disaster, which they obviously sing about in in that track. But uh, they kind no of, spoilers, please. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Um, the, the ship goes down. Um, uh, if that's is that what you meant by spoilers? Is that not a Cypress Hill song when the ship goes down? <laughs> is that is that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, there there's uh, they kind of branch out to sing about other god related water disasters for some reason. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea for a song. Actually, people had to run and pray, like the Titanic. You know, they're singing a song about God moves on the water. Fifteen hundred people died. It's like, well. If God moves on the water, he could have moved a little faster, perhaps. And then, uh, you know, the 1926 American floods that they then sing about, which I think is Larkin Poe's sort of embellishment of the song, left 700,000 people homeless and 500 dead. Uh, uh, you know, so people had to run and pray in the chorus. People had to do a lot more than that. And I, I don't know if that was a very, um, <laughs> for me, not, not a great move song or <laughs> lyric-wise. I'm like, nah, no. you can do better than that. Anyway... No, Talking about covers, have you seen they've got an album out actually this month? They've got another album coming out, which is all covers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kindred Spirits is called, and it's it's due have, out later. 
have you heard any of it? No, not yet. Have you? So I listened to before. I listened to their cover of "Fly Away" by Lenny Kravitz. Oh right, how did it go? It's really good. Is it? It's really the good. The thing is, yeah. they can play. They can really, well, that's the really thing. play. That's the thing. But looking at the track listing, there's some interesting. There's some very interesting songs. Yeah, they let's put have on a here. look. Let me, let me get this out. So you've got you've got things like well, "Fly Away." You've got "Nights in White Satin." Oh yeah. Uh, "Rocking in the Free World." That would be good. Yeah, yeah. In the air tonight. And that, and then you got in the air tonight and, cro- and crocodile rock. <laughs> wow, rambling man will be good. That's a great track. If you don't know it, man, you'll enjoy that. Well, I'd, I'd be interested to hear this album. I do, th- you know, because like I say, the, the clearly good musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think one or two songs is enough for me. No, I'll go with that. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed this album uh, in in fits and starts, and um, I think it's got some really strong points. And uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we've heard it. I'll be honest, Chris. I was gambling on it being the like a bit of a okay. There's a little bit of a country hint to this album. Is this going to open Chris's mind to country music and and just watch everything fall away and you to become like obsessed with country music or something? It's not that album. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I may still gamble on that from time to time. But it's not, what was the Trucks band from last year? Tedeschi Trucks band. It's not, it, it, it's it's a step up from that. Really? Oh, I see. Yeah, I think so. Oh man, I think you should revisit that, man. Tedeschi Trucks band is oh. a very good band. I can listen to I can listen to Larkin Poe in one sitting. I couldn't listen to that. Hmm. Takeshi's Trucks, whatever they're called. <laughs> Takeshi's Castle Trucks. <laughs> All right, fair play. Right, for the playlist, I'm going with Every Bird That Flies because I just think it's a great song, actually, on it, on any record, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Let's leave that there. So that was episode 21. Andy, what's coming up on episode 22? What have you picked oh, us? Oh, God, I don't know. What have you picked us? <laughs> I have picked us. Oh, you'll like this one. <laughs> Full Whack, No Breaks by the BBCC. That's the Bad Boy Chiller Crew. Yes, and I, I've I've chosen "Everything Will Grow Again" by Fakir. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Same time next week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Give or take half an hour. Yeah. Maybe a bit earlier next week if you don't mind. It's very late. It's very late, isn't it? Mm. The sacrifices we make for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hope you've enjoyed it if you have please uh, give us a review or a like or a subscribe or whatever you, whatever you do you know but, but do something and um, thank you very much for listening tell your friends and I'll catch you next time see you soon bye bye <laughs>